0: Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Let's pray. Father, you're already here and we just ask you to continue to be here. Uh, Lord, just protect us during this time. Lord, let us avoid out anything that we don't need to be thinking about, worrying about, stressing about. Lord, let's just be here at this moment, at this time. Let us worship you. Let us praise you. Let us just learn about you. For your name. Amen. So, man, these last three weeks, we've been preaching, right? I've been preaching at y'all. Y'all been preaching at me. I mean, it's been awesome, all right? And tonight, God just really laid on my heart, like, let's just slow life down a little bit. Is that okay? Can we just kind of slow it down? Now, I want y'all, I want y'all to do something for me, okay? I, I want y'all to take a deep breath. Hold on. All right, y'all, some of you like to jump, jump the gun there. But I want you to take a deep breath, and at the top of your breath, I want you to hold it for about three seconds, and I want you to let it go. All right, everybody, just kind of chill a little bit. Ready? Let's do it. Now, doesn't that feel good, right? Some of you are like, whoa, what's this? That's the Holy Spirit. Okay, come on, let's go. <laughs> um, I wanted to slow things down just a little bit tonight. Um, I know that midterms are coming up, I know that stresses in this world are happening. And I think God just really said, man, why don't you just speak to them? I, I, I labeled and titled this sermon. Um, This is if you were seeking advice from maybe a counselor, you're trying to seek some advice from a friend or maybe a parent. um, And they were to answer you, they would probably answer you with, well, well, if I were you. Right. But I'm not. But if I were you, then I would do this and do this and do this. And so I kinda wanna just kinda have, I know this is very too swag for me, I know this thing, my, I'm, I usually use a metal m- like, like music stand. I know I'm real cool like that. Um, but we wanted to just kinda chill out tonight, have a conversation with you. I wanted to be able to, to speak some things that I really know without a shadow of a doubt that God has been laying into my life over the past six months to be able to share with you. I want to be able to preface something. I have a lot of trusted information from a lot of you guys because I do a lot of coffees with you guys and I do a lot of life with you guys. I want you to know something. This is not just only about you, okay? Like some of you are like, he's preaching, right? He's telling everybody's my secrets. Well, maybe, but it's not about you, all right? So I'm sitting on this stool because I don't want to have too much preacher voice. All right, so if I start getting too much preacher voice, I'll just say chill, all right? Don't do that because it'll probably throw me off. Anyways, um, I want to talk about two things tonight. Can we we say two things? I want to talk about two things tonight that I know without a shadow of a doubt uh, the majority of the people in here are dealing with, um, and it's two things that I know that God has laid on my life. Uh, To talk to you about. So, over the past 10 years, I've 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 done college ministry. I I think about um, around about 10 years. And over the past 10 years, I have met with thousands, thousands of college students. um, Over those past 10 years, I cannot think of a single conversation. If I'm having a one-on-one lunch or one-on-one coffee with somebody, I don't know of a single conversation. Where we didn't talk about dating. Okay? Mm hmm. They are either in a relationship, recently got out of a relationship, or they're most desperate to be in a relationship. Any single people out there? Amen? Anybody? Okay. Okay, we're talking. All right. You wanna preach? All right. Okay, all three scenarios. All three scenarios of either just getting out of a relationship, being in a relationship, or wanting a relationship. What I've noticed is that all three scenarios, we are talking, we are, we're kind of walking with one another. I'm trying to figure out who they are. All three scenarios, what I've noticed is this, that it all funnels down to one question. Who do I date? Do they, when it comes to the relationship right now, or it comes to a relationship that they just broke up with, or that they're single, the one thing, the, in one degree or another, it always comes down to who do I need to date? Is it the person that I'm dating right now? Is that fitting that degree? Is it the person, the person that I just broke up with? Is, did I break up with them for the right reasons? Who I need to pursue now? Or even the single person. I, who is the person that I need to date? And I know it's not February. So I'm giving y'all just a little glimpse of a relationship series. Freshman, we do relationship series in in February. Uh, And God just said, man, you need to lay it down now. Can I get an amen on that? And you need to talk about relationships right now. Who do I need to date? And this is why I think it's important. You ready for this? I want to ask you a question. I asked you to raise your hands last week. I'm going to ask you to raise your hands this week. Who in here thinks about dating or a relationship almost every single day? Come on. Raise them up. Raise them up. For you For you podcasters out there listening to this on podcast, over 90% of the room raised their hands. So, if you come to me and say, "Brent, who do I need to date?" I would say, well, if I were you, which I am not, I would ask myself this question Am I ready to date? Only you can, you and Jesus can be the judge of that. But if I can take myself to 20 year old Brent and say, Brent, do you really need to date? I would tell myself, heck, no, I wasn't ready, okay? I was a lot better looking back then, okay? But this is the verse that actually helped me in my singleness during this time, because singleness is a, it's a gift, okay, some of you are like, what in the world, what did I get myself into? This is the verse that changed my life, Colossians 2, 9 through 10, it says this, for in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. I love how one translation, that says it this way, it actually says that you have been brought to fullness in Jesus Christ. And so to be brought in fullness in Christ Jesus, if, if we can kind of take it back two weeks ago, is, is you actually get your identity in Christ. So if you're a single person, and I think singleness is this, is that you're not married, okay? There's, there's, there's not a degree. You are single until you are married. But what that means to me is that you get your identity in Christ, it means you get your worth in Christ, it means you get your honor in Christ, it means you get your love through Christ, it means you get the peace that passes all understanding in Christ, the very essence of who and what you are, are in Christ. So what that means to me, you ready for this, is you don't need anyone else in this world to make you feel worthy because you already have a loving Savior who gives you everything that you need. Some of us don't need to date because we need to date. We need to feel needed and we need to feel wanted, and we need to feel proud, and we need to feel whole, and we need to feel full. And our identity isn't filled with the wholeness of Christ. Our identity is grasping for a person to fill it for us. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about this in February. Amen. Who's coming in February? All right. All right. Verbal agreements binding in Oklahoma. Let me tell you why this isn't fair. You're not ready to date. It's not fair if you don't get all of this because you're asking someone that you are dating to fill a hole that can only be filled by Jesus. And you're setting them up for failure before you even start dating them. At its very essence, this is what I'm I'm trying to say here, at its very essence, what you're asking them to be is to be your God. You're telling them that you need them to make you happy. You need them to make you have peace. You need them to make you have joy. But what happens when they can't feel that in your life? Your life becomes incomplete you're built on a person that can't take you than their own capabilities. And see, people, we don't need to date if we need to date. Amen? But that doesn't answer the question. You see, I, I duped you, all right? Like, I didn't answer the question, but I made it sound good. First, you don't need to date if you need to date. But I think if we can actually take that and say we don't need to date a person. So who do I need to date? Well, you don't need to date a person that needs to date. You want, to tell, you want me to tell you what's one of the hardest things about being a college minister? Are you ready for this? Is going up to a guy and saying, dude, I know that girl likes you, bro. I know she's... she's, she's She's DM'd you a couple times. I right? should give you some butterflies, right? I know she's pretty. I know that she makes your heart flop, all right? I know she makes your palms sweat. I know she gets the heart beating, right? But, but, she's, she might not be the right person for you. Flip that. There's been a lot of girls that's been in our home like, man, I'm excited about the guy. I like that guy. Man, he's got that Jesus smile. You know, I just, I can just feel it. He just, he just smiles like Jesus, right? And like, man, he's great. He's wonderful. He's nice. He's been texting me all these sweet Bible verses, right? Because that's the way to get to a great girl's heart, right? <laughs> but what's hard for, for me and what's hard for Caroline is for us to be like, yeah, yeah, he's great, but I mean, I just don't know if he's great for you. And it's, it's crazy that I've, that, that God gave me this the other day. And no, I think it's one of the best things that God has ever given me. It's called, I, this just made it up. It's called the wheat test. Like wheat, you eat. All right. You gluten-free people, you don't like it. All right. <laughs> but it's called the wheat test. All right, and I want you to do the wheat test. And this is what I say about the wheat test. See, this is the process of wheat. Is you actually plant wheat in October, November sometime. You plant it. Um, and it goes through, you know, the next couple months is winter months and it actually has to be able to be strong enough to last through the winter months and then it goes through the rainy season and it's got to last through the rainy season and then about June, July is about the time it hits the heat, right? And it's got to be strong enough to last all of those times in order to be harvested. In a way that you know that it's harvested, it's ready to be harvested as you actually look at it yeah, it's got, a, it's got a brownish glow, it's got the right wheat heads on it, and it's, it's good to go. Is that it's, it's finished the race. So how does this apply to dating? I think you need to look at the past seven, eight months of their life. And the reason being is much like wheat, if someone is sold out, then they should be sold out the last seven, eight months of their life. And if you know anything about walking with Jesus and talking like Jesus and, and, and thriving in this world for Jesus, you know, it can be a month by month. It can be a week by week. It can be a day by day thing because you got your high times, you got your low times, you got your cold winter months, you got your rainy months. You got the struggle sometimes and you got the easy time sometimes. But look at someone's last seven to eight months and say, man, were you consistent with Jesus? I know you say it now, but what about seven months ago when, it, when times were hard, when, when, when tests were coming, when finals were here, when all these things were going around that could have been easily influential for you, did you thrive for Jesus in the past seven and eight months consistently? I didn't say perfection, but I said that you were striving, amen? See the last 7 to 8 months in 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 Jesus is that you have to have strong enough roots in order to to last that time. But the way that you can tell uh, I think also you can look at you can evaluate the way they look. see so you, you see the wheat and you can say well it 's brownish it 's goldish it 's the right color it 's the right height. I think you should then evaluate the just the surface level, how they walk, how they talk how they how they encounter other people, how they enjoy this life I, I think you can kind of look and see and evaluate who they are in this world that 's kind of a surface level i think that's I think that 's step two, but I think step three is something that God just really laid on my heart is because in a field, a whole lot of times, you will see, uh, you will see wheat, and it looks this way, but there's, other, there's this other plant that raises up, and it looks just like wheat, and it's called cheat. It looks just like wheat, and the only way that you can tell the difference is when you take the, the head of the wheat off, and you actually roll it around your, head, your hands, and you see the seed and when you can evaluate that seed and can see how tough it is, how strong it is, if it tastes right, see, you can evaluate the seeds because the cheat doesn't have the right seed. You ready for this? To evaluate the last person to see if they're fake or not is to evaluate if they have the right seed in their life. We have to evaluate and ask the right questions and see what does their life produce. And I think one of the best ways for this, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna call this out every year of my life until the day I die, is why don't you look at the friends that they have around them? Most of the time, you can see how close someone is to Jesus by how close their friends are to Jesus. First, uh, First Corinthians fifteen thirty-three. it says this, it says, don't be, don't be deceived, bad company ruins good morals. So I think you can look at the friends around them and you can evaluate, man, are their friends living for Jesus? Are their friends walking for Jesus? Are their friends holding them accountable? Are their friends making them look like, act like, think like, breathe like, date like, love like Jesus? So I think you should look around them. But let me take it a step farther. Why don't you look behind them? Because I think when you're walking with Jesus and you're talking with Jesus and you're at the feet of Jesus every single day saying, Jesus, I'm your servant, Lord, help me today just just find a new way to serve you and to love you. It's really hard to be at the feet of Jesus continually and not want to bring someone with you. Because you want someone that wants to bring people to the feet of Jesus with them, amen? Look at the friends around them, look behind them. So who do you need to date? If I were you, which I'm not, I would look for someone who has been sold out for Jesus the last seven, eight months of their life, I would also look out for someone who's been so sold out for Jesus that their life produces what? Jesus. The wheat test. And you ready for this? That needs to be a non-negotiable. And I wanna say I am proud of you, for all of you who make that a non-negotiable. I am so extremely proud of who you are. I'm encouraged by who you are. You make my faith stronger because I see that you love Jesus in such a way where this is the non-negotiable because you don't get your identity in bringing your your bar down. You get your identity knowing that there's a loving Father who's going to give to you, who's going to provide for you in ways and and he's going to bless you in so many ways because you're not going to lower that bar. Amen. And you're gonna come back in February, all right? There's some people that actually, if I told them that we're gonna talk about relationships, they don't let their girlfriends come. I've had that happen. Some of you are like, I wish I would have known that you're talking about relationships. Well, I didn't tell you, all right? So, dating, all right? We talk about dating, you're welcome. I think that's an easy subject to approach. I think that's an easy subject for us to have a conversation about over the coffee table. I think there, it's easy for us to, to talk about, but, but I think Jesus wanted me to lean in just a little bit more today. and I think he wanted me to talk about stress, anxiety, and depression. I know some of y'all are hitting midterms. Amen. Hey, man, wake-up call. Right? I love when people open up to me about their pain. I don't necessarily like them being in pain, but I like to see that they're vulnerable enough, but also that they have come to a point in their life and this probably rock bottom to where they open up and they say, you know what, Brent, I'm in pain and I need help. I love people that can have a conversation about it and they're just like, I am tired of it. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I love it because you know what happens when that happens is that they are exposing the toxin in their life. And see, the devil, as we hear in the Bible, it says that he is here to kill, steal, and destroy. And I think the best way for him to do that is to inject this negativity into our brain that takes over our lives, and he doesn't even have to touch you to control you. And when you expose that toxin, guess what? The lion loses his power. Because We have the antidote and the antidote is Jesus. Students, without exposure, you can't get any closure to move on. So when you ask, well, Brent, what do I do about stress and anxiety and and uh, depression? I would say, well, if I were you, which I'm not, I would call it out for what it is. Why don't you be honest with yourself? Why don't you really say where you are at and what is going on if you're like, if you're stressed beyond belief. Say, you know what? I have stress beyond belief and I have stress over this. I have stress over this. I have stress over this and I need help. I need guidance. I need someone to talk about it with and y'all start bouncing these ideas off of each other. Maybe just maybe you need to call it out. I have anxiety like nobody's business. I wake up every single morning and if you know that where you've been you've got that big ball of fire in your chest. You can't catch a breath and you are stressed and you have anxiety like nobody's business, maybe you need to just call it out. Maybe some of y'all, and I've had this happen so many times, you sit across the table from me and you're willing to expose the stress and it starts snowballing and you're exposing the anxiety and then the snowballing and then you say, you know what, Brent, but really the main thing is I'm just, I'm just depressed and I'm not happy anymore and I... I just, man, just every day is just a struggle. And you know, if I can be real honest with you, is like I have thoughts of suicide because I think that this world would be better without me. It's just that devil just injecting that negativity. Because once you expose what you're dealing with, I think you can start to learn how to deal with it. And I, I want to kind of separate this. I want to talk about stress and anxiety, and I want to finish with, with depression. But I think... Um, if, if it is stress and anxiety, then I think you can start deciding two things. I think first, I think stress and anxiety can be brought on by me. So Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, this is something that really hit me in the face. Verse 30, it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, me, upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are two reasons why it is our fault if we are stressed out. Side note here, actually I think it might be three, all right? Let me do a side note here, all right? Brent, side notes are always fun. Maybe some of us are stressed and we're anxious because we don't eat right, we don't sleep right, and we don't exercise right, Amen. If you eat like crap and you sleep like crap, you're probably going to feel like crap. I just want to hear if y'all would say it. Thank you, podcasters. If I could tell myself anything in, in, in college and seminary, the first thing I would say is, Brent, you need to eat. Uh, healthy. McDonald's is not healthy food. You need to eat real meat. You need to eat real vegetables. You need to get at least seven hours of sleep. You need to be responsible for your homework. Amen. You need to, you need to exercise at least three times a week for 20 minutes a week to get your, your heart rate over 130 beat per minute. And I'm telling you, I promise you, half of y'all, your stress and anxiety would be knocked down to like 10%. So that's point one. You're welcome. So let's go back to scripture because that's really where it's holy. Some of us are stressed and anxious because, like it says here, is we don't go to Jesus with them. How do we take our problems to Jesus? You pray about them like the Bible says in James. You receive not because you ask not. And it's hard to get peace if you haven't asked for it. It's hard to have joy when you haven't taken it to the throne. It's hard to overcome stress if you haven't asked Jesus to help you about stress. If you want a for sure way to keep on having stress and anxiety, then just don't take it to Jesus. I think if stress and anxiety is overcoming you, it shouldn't be a side-of-the-mouth prayer for 10 seconds before you go to bed. I think it should be something that that should level you at the throne of Jesus because it's been controlling your life. And I think that even when we pray, I think that we need to pray a big prayer. And I know that stress and anxiety are just slaying y'all right now. And it says that we need to lay prostrate. (laughs) with an extra R on the floor. And I think that we need to lay with our face down on the floor and say, Jesus, you are the almighty Father. I think, Jesus, you are the commander. You are the lover. You are the provider. You hold the universe in your hands. You love me and you care for me and you, you want to protect me. And it says anytime that we focus on his goodness, it will always lead us to repentance. And I think that we need to lay on our face and say, Jesus, please forgive me for all these ways that I have cut communication with you. Forgive me of all these ways that I haven't lived for you. Forgive me of all these ways that I just was acting stupid and I just wasn't being the person of God that you want me to do. And this is what I want you to do that so many people forget to do. Then I want you to sit there and be quiet and listen for Jesus. Because what's going to happen over that next 10 to 15 minutes when you just sit there and you feel that holy hug of Jesus and you're sitting there just thinking and you're just wanting to listen to Jesus? He starts... To open up your ear to the promises of God. He starts filling with your brain about the, the positive. He starts, thank, he starts providing you with antidotes of how much he loves you and how much he cares for you. He wants to tell you some pathways that you need to take. Maybe he wants to tell you about a direction change in your life. And, the, and Jesus just starts pouring into your life. What will that do for you? Philippian, in Philippians, it says, Think on what is pure and what is right and what is holy. When you learn how God talks to you in prayer, you will start seeing what thoughts are from God in your life and what thoughts are from the devil in your life. And you can start voiding out, well, this is a lie and this is a promise. Well, this is a lie from the devil. I'm not worthy. I'm not, I'm not good enough. I, I've done so many bad things. And you're like, wait, well, that's not what God says. God says that I'm washed as white as snow, and I'm a child of God, and I have all these promises in him. And you start separating the myths from the truths of Jesus. Some of us need to change the way we think, and it would transform our life. Step one, we don't take them to God in prayer. Step two, if we look at this scripture, it says that, <clears throat> it can be our fault if we don't learn. See, the scripture it said it this way. It says, "Come to me, taking it to Jesus, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." But what does it say in verse 29? "Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's our fault if we don't learn. Anyone feel like we're going back to Jesus over the same stress and over the same anxiety and we keep on asking and surrendering, asking and giving to Jesus and giving it to Jesus? and We're like, why is this happening? Why is it so repetitive? If you look at the verse, it says that you need to take your yoke and you need to learn. See, the yoke is a piece of wood that connects two ox together with a plow behind it and they pull together the plow. And here's the big thing is that we need to learn from Jesus. See, Jesus doesn't only want to take your problem away. He wants to teach you how to get through your problems and how to avoid them for the next time. It's like you want to learn how to do this. Take up the, your, your yoke, bro. I want to I teach you something here. Why don't you, why don't you give it to me, but also why don't you walk with me over the next couple of weeks, and you know, I'm going to show you how to plow that straight line. I want to show you how to work through this anxiety. I want to show you how to avoid this stress. I want to I show you how to kind of sift through some of the lies and some of the truths in this, in this life. It's kind of like when my, when my son comes up and he asks me to tie his shoe. Do you think he's gonna ask me to go and tie his shoe for the rest of his life? I sure hope not. (laughs) But see, I'm gonna teach him something. I wanna teach him how to tie his shoe so he won't be coming back to me with the same problem. He comes to me to tie his shoe, but with peace and with patience and with guidance, I wanna teach him how to overcome this problem of tying his shoe. Some of us keep on going back to God for the same problem because we, we give it to God, but we don't take up the yoke and learn how to get through the problem, how to avoid it next time. I'm gonna leave that until there, until later on in the school year. We're gonna pick that back up, I promise you. Lastly, if we, we got a little bit of time left, thank you, Jesus, amen, give it up for Jesus. Let's go, Come on. I don't want to take this lightly because I know this is this is this is the, the big dog here. I know that some of us we're dark right now. I know that some of us right now we don't know what to do with depression, and I think it is a monster, a monster of something that that can uh, destroy. I think it's something that also can um, just put this damper on our life and. Um, a lot of people ask, Brent, what do I do with depression? And I like to think about this in just a little different light than than some people. And um, when they ask me, well, what would you do with depression? I would say, well, if I were you, which I'm not, all I can tell you is what I've done. And when I... I don't want to say that I the more that I've talked I've talked and prayed and worked through a, a lot of people's depression over the last year I don't know if I'm worthy enough to say that I've ever been depressed. I think I've had a lot of hard times, but so many other people have gotten to a place that's so much darker than than I have ever been. But I know that I have gotten to the place in my life where I feel like I've exhausted all of my abilities to be able to overcome that. And I just want to kind of maybe change your perspective. Can, can we do that? My question to you is, if you feel like you have taken it to Jesus if you feel like you have taken up your yoke with Jesus and you're trying to learn about how to get over the stress and anxiety, but it hasn't been able to get you over depression and you feel like you've exhausted everything in your life and you still just can't get over it, have you ever wondered about thanking God for it? 2 Corinthians 12, 7. is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. No one really knows exactly what the thorn of Paul's flesh was, Something it was physical, some things it could be mental, it could be eyesight, it could be a limp. But I don't know exactly what it was But what I do know in looking at Paul's life is that Paul changed it from a weakness being a weakness to a weakness not being a weakness in his life because wherever he was weak, it says that God became strong. He didn't give up on God. He gave it over to God. And he rejoiced in the fact that because of his weakness, I'm I'm now allowing you to be my strength in ways that I never would before if I was right and I was healthy all the days of my life. He allowed his weakness to strengthen his faith rather than turn him away from his faith. I know some of us, you're thinking that, what in the world? You're freaking crazy. Like, how could I ever thank God for this? But I know some of you right now, I know that you're, you're tracking with me here. And when I read this, I was going through a spout of my depression uh, in, in, in the lightness of things. It was a, vir- a very mild depression. But what blew my mind when I started reading this and I started reflecting on this is when God asked me a question. He said to me, you think these last three months have been horrible, right? He asked me, Brent, what about these last three months? You think that they've just been horrible and you've been depressed and it's been so horrible. But my question to you is out of those three months, how much time did you spend with me? How much time did you walk with me and you talked with me and you wanted to give all these burdens over to me? How many times did you wake up and you just needed to read scripture because you had nowhere else to turn? How many times did you turn turn the radio up when the worship song came on and you started praising me as loud as you could because you wanted to avoid out all the distractions in your life? You didn't want to think about the depression anymore in this world. And you wanted to praise me with everything you had Are these last three months as bad as you really think they were? He then asked me this, and it leveled me. Where would you be right now if that thorn didn't happen in your life? Would you be as close to me now as you would have been if that wouldn't have happened to you? Students, I don't know where you're at in your walk with life. You you could have been anywhere in this world at this point in time, but maybe that thorn brought you here to listen to this and God is encouraging you, saying that your weakness is not a weakness, it's actually my strength. Where would you be right now if you didn't have this? Would you be as close to Jesus I don't know guys, it's just a different perspective. I like to give a little different perspective on some things. I like to think about things a little different way. But I would like to talk to you if you've been dealing with these issues. I want you to come up and talk with me. I don't want you I don't want you to I don't want you to run away from Jesus. I want you to feel free to be able to talk to me and I think that'd be great. I think that it would even be wise if every single one of here went to, went to Christian counseling at some point in their life. I think it's right. I think it's holy. I think it's great to get some some biblical counseling and some structure in your life. And I got a, I got a couple great counselors that would love to walk with you through this, all right? And don't be scared. I need, to, I need you to call it out for, for what it is. But tonight, as I close, I want us to look at this, is how we date, how we how we do life with someone else, how we get to know someone else, how we attach our life to something and someone else. I think that we need to have a non-negotiable bar up here, and I think we need, a, we need to not ever falter below it. I think that the Bible says that we need to do all things for the glory of God, and I don't think that we should void out dating, amen? I think that we need to look at this bar and say, you know what, I'm gonna date somebody that's gonna make me look more like Jesus. And when it comes to stress and anxiety and depression, I know it can be hard, but I'm saying run to Jesus, give it to Jesus, take up your yoke, learn from Jesus, walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus, pray with Jesus, give and worship to Jesus. Make every part of your life about Jesus where the devil has no room to be. And if you have depression and you feel like you have exhausted all issues I think maybe you should try the one thing that you haven't done, and that's to thank Jesus for it because it's made you closer to him than it would if you didn't have it, amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for you. Thank you for giving us a word that it might be a hard truth, but it is the truth. I ask you to give us grace and give us peace, give us patience, give us strength, Give us honor. Let us be able to give all of our life over to you. And some of us tonight, we are, we are struggling with some things in our life. We're struggling with dating. We're struggling with stress and anxiety. And Lord, tonight, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, let us be able to come down front here to our prayer team, and let us be able to just pray with somebody tonight and say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life, and there's some things that I'm dealing with, and I need some help with prayer. Maybe some of us need to pray with somebody. Let's go beyond that. Maybe some of us just need to come to the altar here and just lay down some things and say, you know what, Jesus? I'm tired of stressing about this. I'm tired of having anxieties about this. And, and I just wanna lay this at your feet tonight and I wanna walk out these doors and I wanna I want take up that, uh, that yoke and I wanna be able to learn more and more from you every single day. Maybe some of us in here, we have depression beyond belief. Maybe some of us just need to be like, you know what, God? I've always thought that this is something that weakened my faith. But as I've looked at it, I'm starting to see how it has strengthened my faith. And Lord, I want to thank you for allowing me to go through this, that you trusted me to be able to overcome this. And Lord, you know what? No matter what happens next week, I want to be able to give you glory and honor and praise tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you. For it's your name, amen. If you would stand up.